you for your giving, but I want to say a special thank you to the young people who are helping to usher and working, all the little ones. Amen. Good to see them involved, and thank you for those who allow your children to be involved. Amen. There's no better place than to have your children in the house of God. Amen. It does make a difference. Uh, at this time, let us bow our heads. Close our eyes. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, praise you, love you, honor you, and appreciate you, God. We ask that you would just illuminate this teaching moment in God, this listening moment. God, I'm asking that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth. God, let it be all of you, less of me, God. Let the people be eternally touched and blessed, God. Let he that hath an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, God. Bless those in the building, as well as those connected online, as well as those who will watch the rebroadcast later, God. Touch them in every way imaginable, and we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. With your Bibles in your hands, would you just repeat after me? This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. And finally, we communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. Now make some noise if you believe you're going to be fed this morning. Amen. One of our intro videos talked about the importance of meeting around the dinner table as a family and how it is, especially in such a rat race pace type life, meeting around the dinner table with the family, whether you're going out or at home, it gives you a moment to talk and share with each other. And it's a beautiful moment. But however, even greater a moment is when we meet to feast at the table of God's word. Amen. When you start your week off eating from the fresh revelation of God, it does something for your week and does something for your month. And ultimately, it does something for your life. Amen. And so we've been in a series and uh, I haven't really told you we're in a series, but it's just the way it's been shaping up. And it is the Good Shepherd series. Somebody say the Good Shepherd. So the first uh, message was called the good shepherd. The second message could have been called the good shepherd part two, but we titled it the lost sheep. So when you have a good shepherd and you have the lost sheep. And so as I was looking at what we would talk about today and uh, deciding whether we would come off of this or whether we would go a little deeper, I felt God saying go a little deeper and so we're going to part from a very familiar passage of scripture, Psalms 23. So if we're going to give this a title, it would be Psalms 23. Now, normally, if you followed my ministry, I don't often preach uh, the same message over and over. You, you, you will see every now and then you will see me preach the same message, but most of the time, 
there are, I, I will use similar scriptures, but I move around a lot because I like things to be fresh. Amen. When it comes to eating, don't nobody want to eat nothing stale and old, man. And when it comes to preaching, don't give me no cliche. Don't roll up out of the bed and give me some whack message. I need some fresh revelation because I'm dealing with fresh devils. So I need some fresh revelation. However, Psalms 23 is a chapter that I preach from several times. There's just so much in it. And every time I preach it, I get different things. And so the first time I ever preached it, I remember I preached it from the back going all the way up to the front. I preached it several different ways, but as it relates to our series of the Good Shepherd, I've been wanting to park here and look at some things, and as I look at it, we're going to have to go to some other verses to complement Psalms 23, but as we paint the picture, it's going to remind you that we have a good, good shepherd. And as I've been preaching this series, I keep saying good, good shepherd, and every time I say good, good shepherd, it triggers in me the song, he's a good, good father. And so we're talking about him being our father, our shepherd, our Lord. In other words, we're saying that it was said in the songwriter, Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me. He, he is the leader and the guide. He, he's the love of our life. He's the day spring of our hearts. He's the lily of the valley. So there's so much that we can say about him. But as it relates to our relationship with him, he is the good, good shepherd. So looking at Psalms 23, what we're going to do, we're going to give you the same uh, um, type of intro that we've given in, in all the other sermons. And we talk about sheep characteristics. And so let me read the sheep characteristics. Sheep are meek animals. They are usually very quiet. I'm going to uh, read. I'm going to have them put it up so that you can see it as well. Sheep are meek animals. They are usually very quiet and gentle. Holding themselves aloof from the world. We talked about that a little bit in the first uh, sermon. I'll mention it again as it relates to our spirituality. You cannot be so locked into the world that you're driven by the world. You have to have a mindset where you are aloof from the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. And sheep are like that as well. And going back to it, in a herd, all the sheep tend to listen to their leaders and show esteem to them. So having said that, let's park here for a minute. Let's let's talk about David for a second. Before we go into Psalms 23, we're going to, somebody say David. David. So David, at this time of his life, when he was writing, David had achieved a lot. David was no longer the shepherd boy. David was no longer running from Solomon. David was no longer fearing for his life. He was actually sitting as a king and, 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 and scholars and people who have studied say he was at a time of peace. And oftentimes when people talk about God and talk about the, the father, they talk about him from the standpoint of a king. Because a king represents the greatness of our God. We call him king of kings and lord of lords. However, King David sitting in his kingliness and sitting in a place where he was okay and there was no wars, there was no trouble. He started thinking about how he was as a boy because David was a shepherd boy. And instead of talking about God as a king, he began to talk about God as shepherd. And here's the reason why a shepherd at that time was actually a lowly, um, it was a lowly profession. 
Normally, they were, it was given to the youngest of the children. So David was the youngest. So, so David was stuck with the sheep. And so the sheep was not having the sheep job and a shepherd job was not a great job. It was a job of humiliation and humility. But David, even though he was a king, he began to look back on his life and he began to understand the power of a shepherd. And this is what I need you to understand. When you stand in success, something about success will trigger your humility. Because you remember, I didn't get here by myself. And it, it, even though I have gold and even though I have food and even though I have women and all these things, what taught me and the reason why I can stand here, it was my life as a shepherd. And I need you to understand the divorce taught you something. The, the unemployment taught you something. The, the grief taught you something. The loss taught you something. That way when you stand as a king and you stand as a queen, you won't lose your balance. You'll be able to function. Some people, they arrive in success and that's when they get wobbly. The moment they doors really start open, that's when they start messing up. But if you understand the reason why God took you the way he took you. So, so David as a king is looking back on his life as a shepherd, and then he makes this statement. Let's let's read, let's look at Psalms 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. So let's put ourselves in David's mind frame. I'm here, I'm sitting as a king, but I'm reminded of who I was as a shepherd. I'm reminded of how good I was to the sheep. And now it makes me say the Lord is my shepherd. I, I was good to the sheep, but now I understand there's nobody as dumb as sheep like me. And there's nobody as good as a shepherd like God. So I need to say it and make it personal. The Lord is my shepherd. And because he's my shepherd, I shall not walk. That brings us to the first point that we're going to bring up, and that is Personal relationship. Personal relationship. One of the things that looking at your life and looking back over your life, it reminds you of your personal relationship. See, sometimes when you look back over your life and you've gone through this and you've gone through that and maybe you're standing in a place of success or, or maybe you're close to success, a lot of times people have a lot of advice and ideas for you. Nothing wrong with that, but when you have a personal relationship with Jesus and a personal relationship with your shepherd, sometimes it reminds you they weren't there when I was going through they weren't there when I was hurting. So yes, I appreciate your advice, but I can't allow your advice to trump my shepherd. Oh, let, 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 let me dig a little deeper. You got you a new man. Got you a new woman. And so enthralled about your new man and your new woman, you forgot who was a shepherd to you when you didn't have nobody. 
You forgot who was there for you when you was crying your eyes out. Don't, don't forget that the Lord is my shepherd. And the reason why I don't want is not because of Joe Biden. The reason why I don't want is not because of General Motors. The reason why I don't want is not because of a Cadillac. The reason why I don't want is because the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd when I'm dirty. He's my shepherd when I'm stinky. He's my shepherd when I'm clean. But he's my shepherd when I'm fallen. He's my shepherd when I'm hungry. He's my shepherd when I'm full. He's my shepherd when I'm wealthy. He's my shepherd when I'm broke. He's my shepherd when I'm happy. He's my shepherd when I'm depressed. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm making this personal. It's a personal thing because God has been there with me through a whole bunch of stuff. Now, if you're 14 and 15, maybe this kind of talk don't move you. But once you cross 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and you're still standing. And all the junk the devil thrown at you and you still got your right mind. And you haven't gone crazy. You're able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. All people got to do is turn the book to Psalms 23 and you get happy already because you know where God has brought you from. So David, over all the stuff he had been through, he was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. All right, let's let's move uh, on. Let's kind of give us some other scriptures that will paint a picture I want to paint. Let's look at Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus... The great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. Reminds me of my father. Every time I see that phrase, the great shepherd of the sheep. Let's look at verse 21. Equip you with everything good that you may do his will. Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So the reason why I am okay, even though maybe I'm standing in success, and when you're standing in a place of success, what the devil says, you're going to fall any day now. You, 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 you're going to lose what you got any, any, any day now. The reason why I can be okay, because the scripture says the shepherd of the sheep, not only is he my shepherd, but he equips me. In other words, whatever I need, he makes sure I have it when I need it. And I need you to understand sometimes the reason why you fail and you failed is because it wasn't time for you to be equipped. But God allowed your fall to equip you. And the next time you got up, you won't fall for that again. I need to tell you this. If you keep falling for the same thing, you're not taking advantage of the equipment. Because the God brings the equipment that you need so you can stand on the level that you need to stand on. Now, now on my job, when they decided mandatory masks, guess what they did? They provided masks. Because they were saying, this is mandatory, but since it's mandatory, I'm also going to supply you. And many times we forget that what God calls for, he also supplies and he will also equip you. But you have to be still long enough to get the equipment. You have to be still long enough to get the training. You have to look at him as your shepherd and you got to act like a sheep. If you keep acting like a goat and you keep acting like a donkey, 
you're going to show up to a new trouble and you're not going to have the equipment that you need. There's, There's nothing worse than not having the equipment that you need when you need it. I'm notorious for when I need something, that's when I can't find it. All month long, I've been seeing scissors sitting on the table. The moment I get ready to cut something, I can't find no scissors. The moment you get ready to sign a check, you can't find a pen nowhere. The moment you get ready to hammer a nail, you can't find a hammer nowhere. It's frustrating when you don't have the equipment when you need it. And I like to talk about this all the time, the the story of uh, 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 Daniel's son and Mr. Miyagi in, in the Karate Kid and how uh, Mr. Miyagi was equipping Daniel with what he needed, but Daniel didn't know he was equipping him. He told him to go out there and wax the car. Go out there and paint the fence. And finally, Daniel said, I'm tired of this. When are you going to teach me how to fight? And then Mr. Miyagi threw a punch at him. And just like he waxed the car, he blocked the punch. He threw another punch at him. And then he did like this and blocked it. And didn't understand that all the time while he was working, he was being equipped. When you went through, God was equipping you. When you was crying, God was equipping you. When you was hurting, God was equipping you. He's giving you what you need for the time that you need it. But you have to stay still and let him do his work. Let, let, let's go to another verse. This will help us paint the picture even better. Let's pick up 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Listen, there's some good works out there. The Bible says it's been foreordained for you to do them, but God's grace abounds in you. In other words, while he's shepherding you, he's equipping you for good works. And here's the crazy thing. When you do the good works, people will give you praise and accolades, and it was God that equipped you to do the good work. I'll use my sister for example. She's she's standing in the role as a principal, and I'm pretty sure she's marvelous at what she does. And people look at her and marvel, like, "Wow, how? I wonder how good she? How did she get so good?" But when she wasn't a principal, God was equipping her. When she got denied, God was equipping her. When she was stuck on a level that she was better than, God was equipping her. And now that she stands in that place, people are giving her credit, but the credit goes to God. I say the same thing. When I pastor you, sometimes I am shocked at how good I am at doing my job, but God equipped me when I wasn't a pastor. God equipped me when I was by myself. God God equipped me. Do you understand? I've listened to thousands of messages. I've read thousands of scriptures. Not knowing. I've read hundreds of books. But I was storing up something for a time I didn't know. And when I get up here, I don't care how bad my week is. If you give me just a few minutes, I can put together a sermon and preach it like 40 going west. Because I've been equipped for this. I've been anointed for this. I've been appointed for this. And I don't know what you've been anointed for. I don't know what you've been appointed for. I don't know what you've been equipped for, but I'm here to let you know the Lord is your shepherd. Brings me to point number two. I'm not lacking, but equipped and supplied. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
I shall not be in lack. I will be supplied. I won't be denied. I will be supplied. I will be equipped. I don't know when I'm going to get it. I don't know how I'm going to get it. But when I show up, I'm going to have what I need. Let me use Sister Ruther, for example. I'm sure there's times that she's gone to uh, bid for a job and not knowing exactly what she should say, not knowing exactly what she would ask for, but went with confidence, maybe a little nervous, maybe a little scared, but when she got there, God equipped her so that she could get the job. You ain't got to know everything. You got God on your side. Just be prepared when the door opens. Walk through it. You may be scared, but walk through it, but God will supply, and my God shall supply all of your needs. All right, let's let's continue to move. And we we only got to the first verse. Lord Jesus, let's let's continue to read. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. There's so much in there, but l- l- let me just point on this part. He maketh me lie down. I I've learned in my life that sometimes God make me lie down. God, why did I get the flu? I, I've been praying. I've been believing you. I done took my communion because you need to sit down somewhere. Sometimes he will just make you lie down. But but let's let's put up this point. Point number three. Rest and prosperity. I, I understand we've come through seasons of challenges. I understand we've come through seasons of issues. I I understand we have gone through trouble, but I'm here to let you know because of our good, good shepherd, God is going to move us into a season of rest and prosperity. You're not supposed to fight all your life. Like, like, uh, color purple. All my life I had to fight. You ain't supposed to fight all your life. You ain't supposed to be stressed out all your life. There are seasons of stress. There are seasons of fight. I understand that. But there are also seasons of rest and prosperity. And I announce to you under the sound of my voice, you're moving to a season of rest and prosperity. Now, sometimes it takes work in order to rest. And sometimes prosperity takes work. Harvest takes work. I'm not saying you won't have to work, but there will be rest in your labor. There's nothing, there's nothing worse than working and laboring but not having no rest. Laying down but still can't go to sleep. Have you ever laid down at a good time but your mind wouldn't rest? Your, your body wouldn't rest? There's times I've been asleep but woke up restless because even though I was asleep, my body wasn't at rest. I, I started on one side of the bed and rolled and tossed and turned. I, I, I'm tired of the tossed and turned anointing. I need a resting anointing. The Bible says of, of, of uh, Adam that God put him into a deep sleep. So he could take that rib out of him and, and make Eve out of him. I'm prophesying a deep sleep for some of y'all. Some of y'all, you, you only got two hours to get a nap. But I'm pro- I prophesy it's one of them naps where you wake up and you don't know where you are, what's going on. I didn't slept so good I thought I missed the bus. I thought I was back in school. I didn't, I didn't slept that good. I want y'all to sleep so good and rest so good and roll your cares on God because it's a season of rest and prosperity. He maketh me lie down, but not in any kind of pastures, in green pastures. 
See, if you, if you look at somebody who, who takes care of their yard, it is a nice green. You look at somebody who doesn't take care of their yard, it's usually brown and messed up and dandelions pop up. And while I'm talking, don't ride by my house because I, I, I'm not a green thumb. I need other people to help me out. But remember the saying, the grass is always greener on the other side. What God is saying, you don't got to go to the other side. I will bring the green pastures to you. I will lead you to the green pastures. That's rest and that's prosperity. Let's continue. Let's look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Now, now, what God is saying, if you have some of these issues, what I do need you to do is come to me. The thing that the devil does, he tries to make you run from him because you're afraid that God is going to hit you with lightning because we taught you wrong. But I'm here to let you know, run to God because he will give you rest. All right, let's look at the next verse. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. Not just any kind of rest, rest for your souls. See, the soul is the seat of the will, the mind, the emotion, the reason, the intellect, all that stuff that sometimes just won't shut down and shut off. Some of y'all, your mind is such a place that it, it trumps everything. If, if you could have 12 people tell you, oh, you look so good today. Oh, you look so nice. Oh, you look so sweet. But something in your mind won't believe what they say because once your mind gets stuck on something, if your mind gets stuck on low self-esteem, it's hard to pull yourself out of that. And your mind does war against you. But God says, I'm going to give you rest for your soul. I'm going to give you to the place where you don't worry about all that junk. You are comfortable in your own skin. It's one thing I love about Alana. I don't know where she got it, but she is comfortable in her own skin. I, I, I hope she never loses that. And, and I put on Facebook a, a uh, note that she left me. She left me a Twix candy bar so beautiful. She said, Daddy, I left, left you Twix, and I love you. And it was just random out of the blue. And then on the side, she said, please don't get me contacts. I don't want them. <laughs> we have never had a conversation about contacts. I don't know where that came from. But see, most of the kids are worried about four eyes. She said, I love my four eyes. I love my glasses. I love me the way I am. Oh, I want some of y'all to get that same confidence. Yeah, I got a few roles, but I love me and my roles. I, I love me and my height. I love me and my weave. I love me and my missing tooth. I, I love me and you better love me because I'm going to rest about me. I'm tired of being restless about me. I'm tired of thinking I'm lower than, that I'm, I'm not what God says I am. I'm going to rise up and be what God called me to be, and I'm going to rest in it. Time for y'all to start resting in it. Yeah, you're beautiful. Yeah, you're kind. Yeah, you're awesome. Yeah, you're smart. Now, of course, you have some stuff, issues, but you don't have to focus on issues all the time. Sometimes you need to just give yourself a pat on the back. You just need to rest. You need to rest your mind. You need to rest your worries. Guess what? The bill's still going to be there tomorrow. So you might as well rest and eat some ice cream today. 
Yeah, you're going to have to deal with the bill. I ain't telling you not to deal with the bill, but you ain't got to spend all your waking hours worried about something you cannot change. Enjoy the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to rest in it. I'm going to find some prosperity in it. I'm going to find some peace in it. Devil, you're not going to push me around. You're not going to buffalo me. I'm going to enjoy. One of the things I do, I make sure to laugh. I may be sad, but I'll find something to laugh about. Sometimes I'll be laughing and clapping. There ain't nobody around. You know how sometimes people hit somebody and laugh? I hit my pillow. I just laugh. I enjoy myself. And then when I think of something silly, I go take a video and put it on to make somebody else laugh. Devil, I know my daddy died, but I ain't going to be sad forever. Uh, yeah, I know my grandma died, but I ain't going to be sad forever. I got joy. This joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. You're not going to push me around. I'm going to find rest. Why? Because I got a good shepherd. And he will lead me to resting places. Let's look at, at uh, verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God, God does have a burden. He does give you a burden, but it's a, it's a light burden. It's, it's not a heavy burden. It's not designed to weigh you down and break you down. Some people, they say they are your friend, but they will wear you down. And wear you out. And when they call you, they be like, are you busy? Yeah, I'm busy. Okay, well, let me tell you what I got going on. Wait, I said I was busy. I mean, Jesus. But they don't mind. But, but God, the Bible says he's gentle. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. His, his, not only is his burden physically light, his burden is illumination light. His burden brings light to your darkness. His, his, his yoke is easy. It, it ain't hard to live for God because he's a good, good shepherd. And he's a good, good father. All right, let's, let's continue to read. Let's look at what Jeremiah 17, 7 says. This is going to touch us on the prosperity. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Verse 8. Oh, that's, that's the idea of a prosperous man or a prosperous woman who's planted by the rivers of water. In other words, I'm not concerned about the outside circumstances because my roots go so deep. It says even in heat, I'm still green. See, green represents prosperity. Even when the sun is beating, I'm still going to shine. Even though there's famine, I'm still coming through. Even though there's a recession, I'm still going to be okay. Even though gas is sky high, I'm still going to drive. I'm still going to ride. It don't make a difference. God is bigger than anything I face. And because I'm planted and I'm hooked up with him, and because I'm following him, guess what? Somehow, someway, it's going to be okay. Sister, Sister Teresa, I understand now the song that says, I got a feeling. Everything going to be all right. And you might say, listen, but everything is bad. I understand that, but I got a feeling. I, I don't need everything to turn around right now. I just got a feeling it's going to turn around. So even though heat's coming, I plan on still growing. Even though the storm is here, I don't plan on breaking. Even though trouble comes, I don't plan on losing my way. I still believe my shepherd will navigate me out of this. I'm going to be okay. 
Let, let, let me give you an, ex, an example before I move on. There are times when I've been riding with my wife and driving my wife and we get lost. But I don't want her to know how lost we are. So me and God are praying. And I'm like, God, help me. Get it. And that's, that, that's time that she figured out when you didn't pass the same thing four times, you're going you're gonna to figure out something's wrong. But every now and then, there's been times I've been able to navigate and nobody knew we was lost but me. I'm here to let you know there's times I've stood up in this pulpit and I've been lost, but didn't nobody know we was lost and I was lost because I got a good shepherd. See, when you are lost, what happens, your good shepherd stands in front of you and he goes before you. And even though you should be lost and you should have lost your mind because God is for you and because God is with you, everything somehow works out all right. You, you, You ever looked at things in your life and it's like everything's falling apart. And then within a few months, somehow, Everything gets back right, and you really don't know how it happened. I don't know how many of y'all have testimonies like that, like it shouldn't have worked out, but somehow it worked out. I don't know other than the fact as I've got a good shepherd. And sometimes he just does stuff that doesn't make sense and fix stuff that doesn't make sense and makes things make sense. And even when it don't make sense, because he's just that good. All right, let's continue to... to uh, to read, well, actually, let's put up point number four. So that leads me to peaceful waters, because it says that he leads me and he makes me lie down in green pasture, but he leads me beside still waters. They say sheep or get scared if the water is raging too much, and so he they need peaceful waters. So God will lead you into some peaceful situations. Guess what? 2020, 2021, and even some of 2022 has not been peaceful. So we need God to lead us to peace even when there's chaos, to lead us by the still waters. This is what we sometimes don't understand. We feel like it's a bad thing for us to ask God to make things easy. Because if I'm a good Christian, I will endure hardness as a good soldier. That's what the Bible says, but that don't mean everything got to be a battle. Sometimes you just need God to take you the easy way. Take me the easy path. God, make this easy. Make this interview easy. God, illuminate my name before I get there. God, I, I don't want to go through a whole bunch of stuff and uh, God, just make it easy. Now, now, now life won't always be easy, but there are times where he leads you by the peaceful waters, the path of least resistance. And sometimes God will do that for you. And once you get the clicking and moving and flowing in God, you are going to find some times where it's absolutely peaceful you're gonna you're gonna see things in 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 your money that just don't make sense you 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 buy i'll give you an example me and my wife we were were, uh in a situation where she needs a car her uh, lease was coming up and so we were running out of time nobody has any cars anyway we've called and talked to people that we were going to go all the way down to uh uh uh, Cincinnati, they had a car for us. We called, we talked about them back and forth on the phone. And then the guy says, uh, the car is gone. I'm like, you've been telling me this is, I mean, we talking about, we trying to work out numbers. And then in, I ain't talking about in days, in hours, he's like, I'm sorry, the car is unavailable. That happened two, three times. 
And it was getting really frustrating, and we're coming to the end of time. And so one day, and I, I was trying to help her get this done. I just I, I wanted her. Uh, she got a lot of stuff she's doing, so I, I wanted to help her get it done. So I just I was just praying one day. I said, God, I need you just to make this thing happen, God. I mean, everything is being shut and closed, but I need you to make this thing happen. I lay down. The next day, I go, and I look up, and there was a vehicle in Indianapolis. I called the people and I said, does anybody put their name on it? They said, nobody's put their name on it. I said, I want to put my name on it. They was like, we don't let you put your name on it, but you can come down here and see us and go there. And I said, when can I see you? They said, we open at 10 o'clock a.m. So I made up my mind. I got off of work. I took my kids to school and I was going to head to Indianapolis. But something in my spirit said, stop at Sam Pierce first. Now I had, I had checked Sam Pierce Every single day, and they had nothing. And so, before I went to Indianapolis, I just pulled in there by the grace of God. I went and talked to the person and said, do you have any of these vehicles? They said, we're supposed to get one in today. So, I was like, I'm not driving to Indianapolis. I said, I want to put my name in. And once again, I said, we don't put names in, but I'll give, I'll, I'll let you have the number, it should be here today, but it could be next week. But once we call you, can you get here right away? I said, I work midnight shift. So if I don't answer, please leave me a message. So I went to sleep and then I woke up to get pick up my kids. I didn't have any missed messages, didn't have anything. I pick up my kids and then I get a call and they said, the thing showed up right now. Can you come? I said, I will be there. I went there and we picked up the car and that's the car she's driving now because God let me buy peaceful wives. We, we were going to have to drive 200 miles and he brought one right to the city right when I needed it, right when I was getting ready to drive somewhere else. He just said, just make a left turn and stop in there because when God sets something up for you, he does it just right. He, he'll lead you by the still waters but you got to trust him. All right, let's, let, let's look at verse uh, 23, chapter 23, verse 3. He restored my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let's, let's look at point number five. There's three things I see in that verse. Restoration, leadership, and righteousness. He, he restoreth my soul. See, he does lead us by peaceful waters. But the truth of the matter is many times we've come through several storms before we get to the peaceful waters. And what you have to be careful of when you've come through several storms before you get to the peaceful waters, you don't enjoy the peaceful waters because your mind and your heart is still triggered by what used to be. If you've ever been through a lot of stuff, you have this foreboding feeling that, that the other shoe is going to drop sometime. If, if, if things start going well, you start getting nervous, like, oh, my goodness, I don't know what's going to happen. Now, me as a pastor, I'm a very faith-filled person. I'm a very upbeat, um, optimistic type of person. But once you get call after call after call of bad news, it makes you almost afraid to answer the phone. And some of the stuff we went through last year, it just puts you on edge. And then when things come your way and you're supposed to have faith and pray, it's hard to have faith and pray because you're still traumatized by what you've been through. But God says, I will restore your soul. 
In other words, when your soul has been through hell and, 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 and you've been hurt to your core and you've been disappointed to your core and you have deep disappointment and you want to have faith and you're like the man said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. God has a way of restoring your soul and you don't know when it's going to happen, but one day you just have faith that you didn't know you have. You have joy that you didn't know you have. You've got peace that you didn't know you have because when God restores, he walks in there and he restores your soul can I say it just ghetto he restores you from the rooter to the tutor every part of you that needs touching he restores and if you walk into peaceful waters with a jacked up soul you'll contaminate the water so God many times has to deal with your soul and I I gotta be honest I'm still healing from some stuff but I, but I, but I, I, I feel something I, I just sense something. I, I've been smiling about things that used to make me cry because I feel something. I, I, I sense something. I, 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 got, I got a hunch. You ever heard somebody say, I got a hunch. I, I got a hunch that something's coming down the pipe that's going to make you believe in God like you've never believed. Money and wealth and, and, and all kinds of blessings that's going to make you shake your head and say, God is good. And like C.C. Winding song said, his goodness is running after me. God's going to chase you down with his blessings. He's going to chase you down with his love. He's going to chase you down. I just beg of you, don't quit. Just keep moving forward because I got a feeling. Well, pastor, haven't you had that feeling before? Yeah, but it's different. Well, well, I, I don't believe it. You can believe what you want to believe. I, I, I know God. I, I know when God begins to move. Let, let, let me, let me throw this out there. This seems like it, it'll help you. Have you ever stood on the ground and smelled rain? No, I mean, no rain is falling, but you smell it. You smell it in the atmosphere. The Bible says that what God did, he divided and separated the waters from the waters. And so he grouped some waters into lakes and oceans and seas. The other water he put above in a firmament called the heaven. So the waters that are on the ground and the waters that are above, they are connected. And so that way, that's the reason why when it's getting ready to rain, the ocean will move a certain way. So I say that to say this. The Bible says, well not the Bible says, but but actually science says that we're made of 80% water and so when God begins to move in the waters up there I feel something in the water down here out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water I I smell a blessing I I hear the sound of an abundance of rain I, I, I can't see nothing but I just have a sense that something is coming how do you have a sense because the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want and I know God's not going to leave me lonely I know God is not going to let me die like this I know I'm not going to die in my sins I know I'm not going to fail this time I know God's going to come through for me going to come through for you let's, let's, let's keep on Psalms 23 4 a Look at point six. Look what's in that A clause of the verse. It's valleys, it's darkness, and it's fear. Yeah, yeah, I got a feeling that things are going to be all right, but let me be honest. I've been in some valleys. I've been in some darkness. 
And certain valleys will make you fear. And certain darkness will make you fear. I'm not really a scaredy person, but, but, but there's times I've been scared. There's one time I made a wrong turn, uh, in Detroit. And ended up in a place that didn't look so hot. It'd been okay if it was daytime, but it's about 8, 30, 9 o'clock PM. Uh, brother Tommy, I got a little afraid. I got a gun in my car and I made sure it was cocked and loaded because I don't know where I am and what's going on. And I got a nice car. I got a little nervous because of the atmosphere. And just like the atmosphere can make you feel blessed, the atmosphere can make you feel scared. The atmosphere can make you feel worried. The atmosphere can make you wonder, am I going to lose my mind? But what I need you to understand, the Bible says it's the valley that's shadowed with death. And one thing I've learned, you will never have a shadow unless there's light somewhere. That's the only way you can have a shadow. So even though there's death and darkness and fear and valleys, light is somewhere. God is somewhere. Holy Ghost is somewhere. Anointing is somewhere. Victory is somewhere. I may not be able to see it, but it's somewhere. God ain't going to leave me like this. So even though I'm afraid, I'm going to step. Even though I'm scared, I'm walking. Even though I'm crying, I'm going to still praise God. Even though I'm nervous, I'm going to still shout and dance. Because I still believe in this God that I serve. All right, let's read 23, 4b. For thou art with me. Uh Aha. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort. Thou art with me. We all want to go to heaven, but the truth is, of the story of the gospel is not us going to heaven. It was God coming down to us. And the Bible calls him Emmanuel, God with us. And the reason why I'm not afraid is because thou art with me. I may look like I'm alone, but God is with me. It may look like I'm depressed, but God is with me. It may look like I'm sick, but God is with me. I am not By myself, if you see me talking to myself, I'm not crazy. God is with me. Let's look at Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Stop being so terrified. I need you to be strong and courageous. Next verse. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. God of all comfort. So his rod and his staff, they comfort me. So he's the God of all comfort. When we send out condolences, this scripture is in our condolence to let people know when they've lost loved ones that I know someone who's the God of all comfort. Now, now, because y'all live in Indiana and because our winters can be kind of rough, I'm sure all of y'all have at least one good comforter in your house. When things get really cold, you can just bundle up in that comforter. It, it, it's, it's a good comforter. And God is a good comforter. You can just roll up in God and let him put his loving arms around you. And when you've lost loved ones and you've lost a bunch of stuff and your life is hurting, I'm here to let you know his rod and his staff, they will still comfort you. There's comfort in God. Let's look at uh, verse 4 of the same chapter. 
In a few of our tribulations. Read it again. In some of our tribulations. Okay. That we may be able to cover them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Wait a second. God's comfort is for a bigger goal. He says, I'm going to comfort you so you can turn around and comfort someone else with the same comfort that I comforted you. I, I'm going to help you help somebody else by the same way I helped you. So here's the thing. God doesn't have to be everywhere at the same time, even though he can be, because if he can get to you, he should be able to get to them through you. So you've got to learn how to take what you've been through, receive the comfort and turn around and help somebody else. There's no reason why we shouldn't be full every Sunday. You ought to be bringing somebody and telling somebody, listen, God been good to me, so come to church and hear about this good, good shepherd. You, you ought to be telling somebody, because what the world needs, they need somebody to comfort them. And we're prime examples because we've been through. Now, if you ain't never been through nothing, people don't want to talk to you. I'm glad you're a goody two-shoes and you've been, you ain't never had no trouble. I'm glad. But folk don't want, the folk in the world, they don't want to hear that because they've been through hell. But guess what? The folk in church been through hell too. We just know how to go from hell to heaven. The Bible says, David says, if I make my bed in hell, you'll find me there. I've been through hell, but God found me there. And he brought me up and he turned me around and he set my feet on solid ground. So I want to tell somebody else, I serve a delivering God. A comforting God. God ought to comfort you. I should, I should be still crying. I should be still sitting on the sidelines. I should have been telling somebody, Sister Ruth, you take over the church. I can't do that. But I got a God that comforted me. I got a God that lifted me up. Been through some trouble, but I got a God that's on my side. And he told me he won't leave me lonely. I got a God. I got a good, good shepherd. All right, so number seven, moving, moving in. So presence and comfort. So the, the comfort has presence with it. Let's, let's look at Psalm 23 and 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Uh, I, I really want to get into that, but I'm just going to go to the next point because I, I want to speed up just a little. Preparation in front of your haters. See, God's presence is there with you so that you can have the presence to be blessed right in front of your haters. Now, now you don't have to hate your haters. You don't have to talk about your haters. But your haters got to watch you eat. Your haters got to watch what God does in your life. Don't, 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 don't worry about people talking about you. Because if they keep living, they're going to see that God is on your side. They're going to see that God fights for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sister Sandra, God fights for you. Yes, he does. Uh, uh, Sister Reva, God fights for you. And people that used to laugh at you going to look and say that there's something about them. that, that, That God is on their side. So he says, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. The connotation of that is they would have these big, long banqueting tables. We talked about it when we talked about the Song of Solomon, these long banqueting tables. And, and so the, the, the king would prepare these tables and invite 
who he wanted to invite. And so if you didn't get invited, you could see it, but you couldn't participate. Oh, there's going to be some haters that's going to want to, but they're not going to be able to participate. And you're going to be eating and belching and living good. And I I ain't got to be trying to floss on nobody. I'm just enjoying me and my God. His presence has comforted me, but his presence has already made a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My enemies are invited to watch me get blessed. And here's, here's something you, you have to understand. So, so uh, let, let, let's look at Thanksgiving for a second. Before you eat, you can see the preparation happening. You can see when they start putting stuff on the table. You know things are getting close because you see the preparation. So it would be one thing to see the preparation and then you get there and they say, no, you can't eat. So this is the reason I, I bring that up is the reason why the devil picks with you, Sister Teresa, is because he sees the preparation. He sees the sweet potatoes coming out the oven and he sees you about to get blessed. So he tries to make you mess up on your own. So you miss the meal. But I'm here to let you know, just stand still. And just wait, because all oh, oh, you got an invitation at the table. Not only are you at the table, you're going to be at the head of the table with the head honcho of the table. And they're going to serve you. And your devils and your demons are going to have to watch you be blessed and enjoy, because God is good. Now, now let's, let's just for a second jump into the idea of what David was thinking of. David, of all the haters he had, specifically um, Saul and all the trouble had, because even though Saul had died, Saul's family still didn't like and care for David. But now David is the king. He's enjoying all kinds of stuff. And everybody that didn't like him still got to bow down to him. I'm here to let you know the Bible says he'll make your enemies your footstool. And you got to understand if you live long enough, the people that talked about you will one day ask you to pray for them. They'll, they'll come back and turn up. Don't you worry about it. All you got to do is understand if you follow your shepherd, you're going to be okay. Let's, let's look at Isaiah 54, 17. This ought to help you. No Oh, we love, we, we love that verse and it's powerful, but sometimes we don't read the fullness of it. Read some more. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Not only will no weapon formed against you prosper, but every tongue that comes against you is going to all have to be shown to be in the wrong and it says because your righteousness is of me. Let's look at First uh, Timothy one fourteen. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. When you when you follow the shepherd, you'll be judged faithful. Let's look at the next verse, verse fourteen. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So let's bring up point number nine. Anointing and overflow. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup runneth over. Your anointing my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Not only do they see me blessed, but they have to watch me walk in my anointing. 
and my cup runs over. And the reason why my cup runs over is so that the anointing on me can help them crazy folks and stop being haters. So your haters need you just to turn around. They need you to be anointed. They need you to be blessed because you mean something. So you have anointing and overflow. Somebody say abundance to the full till it overflows. Psalms 23, 6. Oh, that's, that's just mercy behind me. <laughs> that's just goodness behind me. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Where, where, where's, who can I use? Alana, are you, are you somewhere? Come here, Alana. Come here real quick, baby girl. All you're going to do is follow me. Can you do that? All right. Go, she's right there with me. Because she's fought now, now, now do what we normally do. Come on, hop on me. I got goodness and mercy. Follow me all the days of my life. I was hurting, but I got goodness and mercy. I was broke, but I got goodness and mercy. I was down, but I got goodness and mercy. Come on. There you go, baby girl. Appreciate you. All the days of my life following after me. I'm never alone. I may be lonely, but I'm never alone because goodness and mercy. So let's, let's put up point number 10 and we'll have two verses. Goodness, mercy, and grace. Old whining song said that another day I could not face without your goodness, your mercy, and grace. I could not live in this terrible place without your goodness. Your mercy and grace. Your mercy covers me through all the things that I go through. The reason why we're able to stand and not be crazy is his goodness, his mercy, and his grace. All right, let's look at Exodus 33:18. Moses said, please show me your glory. Moses had this desire to be in the presence of God, made a statement to God, please. Show me your glory. And look at what the response was in Exodus 33, 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you, my name, the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. I hear, I, 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 I got to apologize to the rest of the world. God about to be good to deliver us. I'm sorry if you don't like it. I can't change it, but God about to be good to us. And, and, and just if it, if, it, if it don't show up yet, just keep on watching his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his favor, his joy, 
is coming on our lives. I don't know why he chose us, but I'm so glad that he did. I don't know why he sacrificed his life, but I'm so glad he did. I don't know why he's such a good, good shepherd, but I'm so glad he is. Because the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Psalms 23. Amen. Come on, let's go to our closing prayer. Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father God, we come before you humbly, God, looking at this psalm in a new and a fresh way, God, and just seeing what it means to be a sheep in the fold of God and you being the great shepherd. And because of that, we will be blessed. God, as we look at this prayer, it says transformation, revival, healing, and forgiveness. So, God, we thank you for transforming us. God, we thank you for revival in our lives, revival in our finances, in our emotions, and healing in our mental state, healing in our body, and, God, ultimately the forgiveness of you. So, for God, Father, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice who does not know you, as their forgiving Lord, I pray that they would just say these words. Father God, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me through the blood of your son. And I'll serve you. And I'll be a sheep in your sheepfold. And you'll be my good, good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen.